This is WSLR-LP-FM 96.5 on your FM dial in Sarasota and WSLR.org. Time now for the Big Band Files with Doug Miles. Let's begin.
And that was the Swinging Shepherd Blues right there, along with uh, Begin the Begin to start our show, John Burnett and the uh, Swing Orchestra. And on the Swinging Shepherd Blues, you may have noticed the uh, lead flute there, and uh, by sheer coincidence and uh, invitation, the man who will perform that song is with us in studio today, my friend and a great musician uh, around town, jazz musician and band leader, Tony Bonatti joins us today in studio. How are you, Tony? Very good. Thank you, Doug. Good to see you again. It, it was, uh, I guess, what, back in February we last saw each other with the uh, the Jan Eberly, uh, Ray Eberly scholarship concert. That, right? That's correct. That was a lot of fun over at the uh, Brain and Elks, wasn't it? It was, it was a ball, a real ball. And uh, you got to lead the band, playing some of those great uh, great charts of the big band era. Huh? Oh, yeah. Took us all back quite a few years. Yeah, that was, uh, was a good night, and uh, Jan's been on the show with us, and uh, she'll be on again with us real soon. Tony's going to sit in with us uh, for most of the show today, if not all the show. Play a lot of his music today, and uh, a lot of great jazz and, and big band tunes. Of course, Tony's worked with so many of, uh, of the musicians you hear on this particular program. We were just mentioning before we went on, Tony, you worked with... Uh, Tex Beneke, I guess it was one of your first big bands you worked with, right? Exactly. Back in uh, the late 60s there, I I went on the road. I was living in Chicago at the time, and uh, uh, I ended up uh, doing quite a few dates in uh, the Michigan area, uh, up in Detroit area with uh, Tex. And uh, he had a 13-piece band at the time, and it was uh, it was quite a thrill to, to be there. And after listening to all of the records that the, my father, who was a drummer, he... He broke me in, um, so to speak, in, in the lore of uh, the swing music and jazz music. And, uh, and then to be on the stage with him back there, it was, it was quite a kick. He's uh, been on recently. We were also talking about this on uh, PBS doing their, their fun drive, which they happen to do a lot, I guess. But <laughs> they've, they've done one thing that's good, I think, bring back the big band shows oh, yeah. to, to oh, raise yeah. money, which have always been great fundraisers for them. And they got away from that, which I thought was a mistake. So it's good to see that back on TV again. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, Tex Beneke, uh, saxophone player, good singer, too. Had a, had a good way with the vocal, didn't he? Yes, he did. He certainly did. Yeah, he... We'll try and get some of that on a little bit later on today but uh, we just heard a, a cut from one of tony's cds and that was uh, the swinging shepherd blues which uh, you put out a couple years ago right that, that particular cd oh yeah that was back uh, that was around 1991 91? I, was, I was in san diego at the time and uh we uh, recorded that actually with a with a it was really it sounds like a big band on there but it was only a seven-piece band behind me is that right yeah and that's yeah. all it was and uh they they record i recorded on top of it but they duplicated my flute part on it and um it was uh it, it came out quite good there's seven players most of them were for the st louis area they were working on a one-day cruise ship out mm -hmm. of uh, san diego and i was in charge of that at the time so i, I hired them and it, it came out real good the magic of recording. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds great. You, you can't always tell anymore how many musicians are on a recording. Oh, the way they can uh, it's, it's just, make it sound fuller. But, I mean, it sounds great either way. That was 18 years ago. You know what they can do today? Oh, it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. This is the Big Band Files. I'm Doug Miles, and we're here each Sunday between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. We uh, try and bring you the best music that we can find in the big band and jazz genre. Of course, uh, great singers as well. And uh, we mentioned before... Uh, uh, you've worked with uh, our friend uh, Jan Eberly a lot, uh, who lives in this area. And I know you're working on a show now that she's putting together with her brother, right? Uh, Ray uh, Eberly Jr. Right. Her brother and her husband Ray is actively involved in it. Uh, she asked me to write some new arrangements for the show, which I've done. And uh, she's uh, already started uh, uh, getting some bookings for, for the show, and I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. 
This is a tribute, of course, to uh, to Ray Everly and, and the music of Glenn Miller. Yeah, it's uh, it brings back a lot of memories for anybody watching it. I mean, if yeah. you were around at that time, uh, it, it would uh, it would certainly uh, bring back a lot of good memories for you. And for younger people, it's great because it's it's an educational. Uh, show as well, where you start to learn what was sure. going on behind the scenes and, and how people like Jan, uh, who grew up in the business, what they had to go through at the time and mm-hmm. how it influenced their life today. Very interesting. I had never met Ray. I didn't know she had a brother until I saw her that night, him that night. And uh, looking now at the TV of Ray, the father, they look so much alike and sound alike. And he sings great. Yeah, yeah. he sings Good wonderful. Singer. Wonderful. Yeah, that'll be a great show. We'll get Jan on and, and Ray on one of these uh, shows and, and talk about it. But uh, you're heavily involved, and that's going to be... Hopefully, you get some gigs locally here, too. Uh, we'll, we'll be January 9th uh, of next year. We'll be at the Glenridge, Glenridge Performing Auditorium. Arts. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a 13-piece band there, and uh, and then of course Jan, and I think Ray will be on that as well. Yeah. And uh, it'll it'll be about a two-hour show. It's it's really quite interesting. A, a theater show. It'll be unworthy. Right. Not just Correct. a dance. World. No, no. This like will a be a, a, a theater show. People sitting in you know in the, in the uh, concert hall there, but uh, very 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 interesting and. Uh, I'll do a couple of feature numbers in it as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and then of course Jan and, and Ray, and it's uh, it'll it'll be a very interesting show, and anybody who enjoys that kind of music, you don't want to miss it. No, well, and we'll have Jan and Ray Jr. and Tony on uh, many times before then, but uh, just to get the word out, uh, that's great news. Let's get back to uh, some more music right now uh, with uh, Tony Bonatti. This is uh, the One O'clock Jump.
Tony Bonatti and the orchestra with the one o'clock jump. Yeah, great, uh, great chart right there. And uh, Tony Bonatti in studio uh, with us today. Tony, we just had a nice surprise in here. We were talking about Jan and uh, who walked in the door, but Jan Everly. If, if, if we, <laughs> they had to leave. We couldn't have them. We'll have them on in a future time. As a, if we would rehearse that, we couldn't. Have no, come we were just talking about it, and, and, and the door opens, and it's Jan and her husband, Jan. That's great. unbelievable. Yeah, right, right. I should say, but uh, that, that's great. So she just dropped off a picture. Speaking of the. The dinner dance we did in February of the winner, the scholarship winner. $4,500 a young lady received in the scholarship fund, which is uh, about 50% more than we raised the previous year. We have is that been right? Raising yeah. usually, uh, that was, I think, the third or fourth time I did it with Jan, and usually it was $3,000 that we, yeah. we tried to reach. But this time she, she went out on a limb and she, we raised $4,500, which the uh, young girl received. And yeah, the picture it's a Ray is in it, and of course Jan and the young lady who who received it, beautiful, beautiful. nice picture. And, uh, and and Jan, we'll have her on again real soon. But uh, the, the quick cameo by Jan Everly. That's studio. great. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we we did not plan that, but that that's no, great. it didn't. And that was, of course, uh, Tony and the orchestra right there with uh, the one o'clock jump. And uh, that's a great chart. That must be fun to play a chart like that, isn't it, Tony? I mean, it really, it really hops. I mean, Count Basie, of course, uh, made that famous, right? Uh, yeah, well, I actually wrote that particular record. I mean, the chart, but I mean the song. Exactly. Well, originally. it was, you know, interesting about, you talk about Count Basie in uh, the charts, a little background here. Uh, Count Basie, uh, you got to start there at the Cotton Club in New York, as most people know. And um, it was very, very different, uh, Count Basie's background, compared to Duke Ellington, who was well-schooled mm-hmm. and came from a more affluent family. Yeah. Uh, Count uh, did not have that. So <laughs> uh, when he, the, the big band arrangements, when he was working over at the um, Cotton Club, there were no arrangements. There were no charts. He just tell the guys, well, you kind of figure out what you want to do up there. And follow me, right? Exactly. <laughs> and and one o'clock jump is nothing more than a bunch of riffs that the guys is that right? Yeah. Ba- that's all it was. Yeah. It was just a bunch of riffs that guys would play in the background while another guy was playing a solo. You know, uh. somebody come up and say, hey, let's try this one, and, and they start to do it, and and uh, it started to come up, and basically says, well, I'll write that down, see what that works out, and yeah. there's there's the birth of the one o'clock jump. Oh, okay. And uh, it was a very. Now, I'd heard that was the song they would play at the end of the night. Around exactly. one o'clock, to exactly. kind of wrap up their set. Exactly, that's the title. How the title came around. But, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, the band I had uh, there that was also done in San Diego, and uh, the brass section there, the not all of them, but uh, quite a few of the trumpet players and one of the trombone players, had just come off the road with Maynard Ferguson's band. Uh, I was very fortunate in having some of the top players in San Diego on that uh, recording session. Plus, I had, uh, as I say, some of the uh, so, some real good players all the way around on that thing, and and the sax section, believe it or not, of the five saxes, four of them were me. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about technology. Not at all the same time. Uh, not at the same time, but but I played all four parts on it, except for the baritone sax that yeah. I brought in uh, another gentleman. But uh, no, I played all, all four of them on that, and it was, you got the the thirteen piece. Not to give away any trade secrets, but what do you? 
you play they play the whole track through and you play that part each time exactly and dub over it? exactly that how you exactly do it? Yeah. you uh, you know I play the lead alto part first with and, with the rhythm and the rest behind you and recording uh, right well what I did was we recorded the rhythm first that was, that took about two days just to get the rhythm section down and then we did the brass section mm-hmm. and then after that then I did uh, uh, the uh, the saxes uh, the lead alto second alto first tenor second tenor and then I brought on a berry player for the, for oh, the okay. last part and they mix it together at the that's end. it that's yeah, it sounds it great oh thank you yeah, great great thank you. you were out in San Diego for a while I think from previous times you've had you on you worked the cruise ships didn't you basically out of California well I actually I worked at the cruise ships out of Miami uh, Miami before I before I got to Cal- California I was with Royal Caribbean for 12 years mm-hmm. I was a senior cruise director with Royal Caribbean I wasn't really involved in music at all oh I thought you just no, did the no, shows no I didn't, oh, I didn't no know I was I was a cruise director oh. for Royal Caribbean for 12 years uh, I moved out to San Diego to help them start a new uh, a one day cruise line and I went on the ship for about three or four months just to help them get organized and, and uh, train the people for that and then uh, I got involved uh, musically in doing my show out there on the ship, and then from there, um, I got to know quite a few musicians, and I ended up uh, back in the music business again. Okay. How much was the Love Boat accurate <laughs> depicting cruise? It was, cruises? it was pretty bad. Was it? <laughs> it was pretty bad. It's a lot of work. The uh, show made it look like it was all fun. It sure, yeah, it, it sure wasn't anything like it. The first time I saw it, I was on work break from the cruise ship, and then I sat down, and I see this this boat coming at me on the TV. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I see this gal running around with a clipboard. And I go, oh, no. no. Julie. Was that her yeah, name, Julie? Julie. <laughs> uh, in fact, that was my opening line when I used to come out. I used to say, hey, folks, I'm not Julie. You know, I get a big laugh on that. But no, it was much, very, very different than what you well, said. Well, that, that's the, the toughest job on board next to the captain, I would think, being a cruise director. You've got to keep everybody happy. Well. And you take all the complaints, right? Ex- exactly. I had, uh, when I left, I had 45 people in my department. Yeah. And, uh, and you're really the captain of the crew. Well, of the, of not the really. Staff, just, aren't you? Just no. Well, no. Just the uh, there was a area called the crew staff. All the entertainers and mm-hmm. musicians. That was my department. Right. You you're know. in charge of that. But uh, no, I didn't have anything to do with the waiters or the no. The, uh, but I mean, as else. far as keeping it fun for the, the entertainment passages. and the activities yeah. at that time, yeah. So Tough that was job. that was all on on my my back. And, uh, yes, it was very stressful, very, yeah. very stressful, about 12 years. In fact, I was very proud. I was the first cruise director to actually actively retire in good standing. Were you, <laughs> <laughs> Were you out a week at a time or two weeks at a time? Oh, no. I would do um, uh, I'd do three months at a time. Oh, that much? Oh, like, and then I'd be off for three months because of the strain. Like the military yeah. almost. Or exactly. Maybe, uh, you had to be on three months at a time. In wow. fact, when I first started, it wasn't even that. I was on uh, four to seven months. Uh, it was really tough to and be. And what was that? Either. Caribbean mostly? Uh, that at that time, that's all it was. Yeah, yeah. Royal Caribbean mm-hmm. was strictly in the Caribbean at that time, and um, I did eventually go to Europe uh, when the new ship, the Song of America, came out in 1982. They mm-hmm. sent me out to uh, Helsinki, Finland, to uh, pick up the ship, and uh, we came back uh, through uh, Copenhagen, Denmark, and then across the Atlantic Ocean to Miami. 
Uh, so it was, you know, it was a lot of fun and, and doing things uh, that uh, you'd never really get to do. And I can mm-hmm. see people say, boy, you've got the greatest job in the world. How do you get a job like that? And the first thing you have to do is fail your sanity test. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> <laughs> it's work. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Show business is work. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's fun, I guess. I mean, it is fun, uh, but, but it's work. People always see the, the end result of yeah. it, you know. And uh, how many times passengers would come up to me and say, how do you get a job like this? You, know, <laughs> you just want to give them your board right then, didn't you? Exactly. Exactly, and uh, and then say, once in a while you'd get a passenger come back as a like say during the summertime as a as a child counselor. We used to hire people temporarily. Yeah. Say, hey Tony, you remember me? I was like, oh really? Well, they spent about one week on the ship, and they said, get me out of here. <laughs> it was so much different because they had to they had to work sixteen, seventeen hours a day. Oh, you know, yeah. it was tough. Tony Bonatti is our guest in the studio today, playing a lot of his great music and uh, on the big band files i'm doug miles and we're here each sunday 11 a.m to uh, 1 p.m wslr lpfm 96.5 on your fm dial in sarasota and wslr.org streamed online Uh, let's play a song now since uh, jan was just in here here's a cut from uh, a cd that uh, you did uh, the arrangements on Mm -hmm. the blue champagne cd let's hear from jan right now Is there still 
stepped out of a dream You are too wonderful To be what you seem Could there be eyes like yours Could there be lips like yours Could there be smiles like yours Honest and true Out of the cloud I want to take you away Away from the crowd And have you all to myself Alone and apart Out of the dream you cared about me where are you where's my heart where is the dream we started I can't believe we're parted where are you when we said goodbye love Was it all in vain? All life through Must I go on pretending? Where is my happy ending? Where are Where are Where
Nice song there. Nice uh, recording from It's All About You, one of Tony's uh, CDs. This is uh, featuring uh, really great musicians, local musicians down here. Tony, why don't you introduce uh, who was on, uh, who was on well, the CD? Yeah, yeah, actually it was uh, the piano player, John Young. Uh, it was his CD that we were doing. Uh, and that was Johnny singing and playing piano. And uh, Johnny Moore was on drums. Larry Trott was on bass. And yours truly on the uh, saxophone, flute, and clarinet. Nice uh, chart of uh, There'll Never Be Another You and Where Are You? Kind of mentally there. Yeah, it was done over at the, at Greg Nielsen's studio. Uh, Greg is a fine trombone player in town, world-class trombone yeah. player. And uh, also a teacher at uh, the... Uh, the <clears throat> teaches the kids, doesn't he? Somewhere? Yeah, that's right. He's yeah. uh, Booker Middle School. Booker Middle School. And right. he produces some great jazz groups there for those, for those young kids. Is that jazz juvenocracy? Yes. That's, that's, yeah, I that's, saw a piece on TV about that's that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a marvelous, job. marvelous jazz educator. And uh, that was put out a couple of years ago. And, of course, Johnny Moore, uh, anytime you see a combo around town, Johnny's probably going to be the drummer. That's, that's <laughs> correct. He's, he's a great drummer. Notch, yeah, notch nice player. guy. And uh, that is a, that's a nice, uh, nice, nice chart right there. It's all about you. Tony Bonatti is our guest in the studio today. Always great to have him with us. And uh, first time here at WSLR. We've had him on before at uh, other incarnations of the program. And if you want to see Tony, he's performing uh, all around town right now at, uh, is it Bacalos, Tony? That's correct, Bacalos. Which is up uh, in Bradenton, right? Yeah, it's, um, well, the exact address is 6713 Northwest 14th Street, which is US 41. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're there 6 to 9 on Monday nights. And uh, John Young is, again, on piano with me right, right now. Uh, normally, the group is called Sophisticated Jazz. It, it really is Tom Barrett's uh, group, but Tommy just had hip surgery. Oh. And uh, uh, he's out until July, so Johnny is filling in. And I got, uh, <clears throat> uh, we'll have Don Foster on drums uh, this week and Mr. Jeff Lego on trombone, who is a marvelous marvelous trombone player so uh it's it's a very very interesting group and uh, good musicians in this one too so, so jazz is jazz is alive folks yeah, yeah we, you have to find it but it's out there we so, hope so <laughs> <laughs> and go out and see tony and the group because uh, they, they do a great show uh, from the big bands to the small groups uh, you play it all tony i mean you play how many instruments do you play three four uh, well yeah three uh, three saxophone flute and clarinet, and clarinet right now yeah. But I also do arranging, quite a bit of arranging uh, at, uh, at home. And uh, I do some teaching, too, in the side. Uh, I know you're the, teaching at, uh, was it Montessori School? I'm braiding the Montessori School, yeah. Right. I, I teach uh, some of the students there. And I have a few adult students who, uh, you know, want to learn to play jazz. Get back into it they, or they never back, did it. They come to, yeah, they, they come over to my house sometimes. And I have a studio in my house that uh, I work with them. And uh, it, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Can you be taught? Jazz, or do you sort of have to have the feel for it? I know you can be taught, wrote, you know, play the notes, but do you have? Can is it hard to teach somebody, you know, how to how to, how to swing or how to feel it if they don't have it? Well, what is it? Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard question to answer. Okay, yes and no to it. Yeah. Uh, number one, I've been teaching for 45, 46 years now, and I do not, I do not subscribe to the theory that a person must have the talent or they just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Because I have seen people that you would consider hopelessly uh, impossible to learn and yet turn out to be just outstanding, outstanding uh, yeah. players. Uh, jazz is something just like anything else. It's like learning another language. 
Uh, is it impossible for a person to learn French or German or language you don't speak? No. But, of course, some people do have a better feel for right. it, no doubt about that. And uh, some people, yeah, more, more uh, adapt to it much, e much easier than some people will. But uh, music, it, it's, it's all it's really intellectual. It's, it's something you have to sit down and study. And this idea that uh, it's either in you or you don't, uh, or it's not, is, is just not true. Mm -hmm. I, I've t taught that. Uh, I mean, I've learned that over the past 45 years of both uh, with young people and old people. And by the way, you're never too old to learn. Mm -hmm. I've had students uh, 70-some years old uh, studying with me, and they're just marvelous, uh, turned out to be marvelous players. Yeah. That's great. Good good to hear. Yeah, it yeah, is. That's, that's, that's good. It's not just kids. I mean, you got some adults coming back. Uh, yeah, that's right. I have, uh, I have a gentleman who, well, he's in Chicago right now, but he... He's in his seventies. He has a doctor's degree in chemistry. Oh, really? <laughs> he played trumpet, and he, he came to me about three or four years ago. I said, "Well, what can I do for you?" He says, "Just teach me how to play a blues in the key of F without getting lost." You know, what instrument? <laughs> a trumpet. Trumpet. A trumpet yeah. player. Yeah. yeah. And he was in his seventies already. Yeah. And uh, I said, "Well, okay." I said, "But it's you know you're going to have to do certain things that maybe you know you." You never thought of before. I'm gonna because I have a certain way I teach that uh, was the way I learned, and uh, you have to do basic mechanics. It's like learning again to speak a language. Right. You, you can't do anything unless you know. It's like the golf swing, you got to start with the grip first. Exactly. And, yeah. In a language, you have to know the alphabet first, and yeah. it forms words, and words form sentences, and sentences form paragraphs, right. and so same thing with music. So I work with them, and within a, you know, within two years, he was actually taking jazz courses on any kind of tune he'd like. Really? And in fact, you saw him. You saw him at uh, Jan Eberle's fundraiser. The young, the gentleman who stood up and played the Dixieland tunes. Oh, was that me. him? He was a student of mine for wow. four years, and and uh, you he, did the little trio, the trio together. Well, we did quartet. Quartet, yeah, quartet uh, in front of the group. That was great. Yeah, yeah. I just had him come out. Says, pick two tunes. You're on. And <laughs> I think he almost passed out on me. <laughs> But he did a marvelous job. Well, that was job. great. That got a big uh, ovation. Exactly. Yeah. And this guy couldn't couldn't carry a, a, a blues a, a blues <laughs> and F uh, to, to save his life wow. uh, two, three years before that. And here he was. His name is Ed Myers, by the Ed way. Ed Myers, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, was, that was great. Our guest is Tony Bonino. We'll get more music uh, with Tony in, in just a minute. Circus Sarasota and the Ringling Museum of Art present Circus Incognitus at the historic Oslo Theater now through July 19th. The New York Times called this show Infinitesimal Acts of Imperceptible Genius. Tickets are available now at reasonable prices. Call the box office at 360-7399 or go online at www.ringling.org. Back to the music right now. Here again is uh, Tony Bonatti with uh, the, this is the trio, right, on Body and Soul? Uh, yes, it is. And mm -hmm. uh, this is one of the great uh, songs, great uh, standards of all time. Tony Bonatti, Body and Soul.
Tony Bonatti with Body and Soul, and uh, that was recorded live, right, Tony? Concert version there? Uh, yes, that was uh, that was uh, recorded at the Palomar Palomar Junior College, just out of San Diego in uh, California, and uh, the three people backing me up, the piano player, bass player, and drummer, were all young students at the college. Yeah. Average age of about 21 to 23 years old. <laughs> and marvelous players, as you can hear. Do, do you see, Tony, I know you teach a lot of students, but do you see, like in your travels around, a lot of young jazz players out there working uh, oh, yeah. nowadays? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, right here in, right here in Sarasota, when I first... Uh, started to go out and listen to music. The young gentleman you have, Tucker, young Tucker, Tucker Ansel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've had him on a couple years a, ago. What he a, was eighteen then. Well, he was fifteen the first time I heard him, and he scared <laughs> the daylights out of yeah, me. Yeah, his CD was incredible. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, he's he's a, quite a quite a player. Now he's going to uh, what? I was heard. it Michigan? He was going uh, no. To? He's uh, he went to the same. He's gone to the same school I did when I was uh, young, uh, New England Conservatory in New Boston. England? And uh, he's, uh, I think he just graduated out there. He just finished. I, I haven't seen him, but I just heard some rumors about it. But he's, uh, he was a marvelous player at 15, 16 years uh, old. And now I'm sure with the college education and everything, he's got in background. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got to be one of the top. I guess you, you call players. him a natural. I mean, if he was that young to be able to do that, yeah. it's, it's a natural. Yeah. Like Tiger think, Woods, you yeah. just have it. Yes, exactly. And I think uh, the men we were talking about before, Greg Nielsen, I think he had a lot to do with uh, developing. Yeah, he worked uh, with him, yeah. Yeah, he sure did. Great, great music. Tony Bonatti is our guest, great musician and uh, band leader, arranger, teacher, who uh, makes his home down here in our neck of the woods, we're happy to say, on the Big Band Files with Doug Miles today. WSLR LPFM is the station at 96.5 on your FM dial. And uh, we are streamed also at WSLR.org. And uh, in case you missed this show want to hear it again, you can uh, go to our podcast site. Just go to our programmer page on WSLR.org. Click on Big Band Files, and we have the address there for you. So uh, not only this show, but previous shows as well. So uh, you can get a chance to hear them again. WSLR is currently recruiting candidates for a VISTA position that will begin in September 2009. Our VISTA candidate will work to expand WSLR's outreach into low-income communities, plan events, and write grants to build the capacity of the station to serve the community. AmeriCorps VISTA is the national service program designed specifically to fight poverty. Founded as Volunteers in Service to America back in 1965 and incorporated into the AmeriCorps network of programs in 1993, VISTA has been on the front lines in the fight against poverty in America for more than 40 years. The position at WSLR is a one-year full-time assignment. The VISTA candidate will receive a modest living allowance, health care, and other benefits. And upon completing your service, you can choose to receive either an education award worth $4,725 to pay for college or $1,200 in cash. If you're interested in this position, please call the station manager at 894 6469. That's 894 6469 for more information. Let's get back to uh, the music right now. This is another cut from uh, the uh, John Young uh, CD called It's All About You. And we're going to hear now, early, actually, I, I aired before the song we heard earlier was Where Are You? This time we'll hear There'll Never Be Another You. Right? That's and it. Uh, Tony's on that along with uh, John Young and uh, Larry Trout on bass and uh, Johnny Moore on percussion. It's you or no one for me I'm sure of this Each time we kiss 
Now and forever, and when forever's done, you'll find that you are still the one. Please don't say no to my please, cause if you do, then I'm all through. There's this about you, my world's an empty world without you, it's you or no one for me. Thank you. 